Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule of the Galaxy fans. It is Joe in the pilot seat. And I just noticed, if you're watching us on YouTube, my name keeps coming up as Nick Shesky, and that's because Nick is the one with the YouTube and the Zoom account. So you see that, that's actually Joe on YouTube. Anyway, welcome to chapter 160. I love giving the behind-the-scenes stuff. The 160th episode of Rule of the Galaxy uh, we've got some of our regular co-hosts with us tonight. We've got some special guests that we were lucky enough to meet at the ICCC or the ICC Con in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, our friends at Hyperspace Heroes Podcast are going to be with us tonight. We'll go around the room. We'll have some fun. But as always, you can follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us at Rule the Galaxy Podcast on TikTok. Just Rule the Galaxy on Facebook and YouTube. And last but not least, if you want something very cool with the Rule of the Galaxy logo on it, go to Etsy.com, type in Rule of the Galaxy, all one word, all caps. You'll find our stuff there. Miss Laura Burton will take care of you and let you buy a shirt or a hat or a sweatshirt or whatever you may want. So that's it for the opening spiel. Welcome to chapter 160. I'll go around the room to some of our regular co-hosts. I'm going to start with my good friend and cousin, Alfie Molinaro. Alfie, how you doing? Doing good, Joe. You know, it's always crazy here at the other Molinero household. So just hoping this peace and quiet lasts for a little bit and we can get through this. You just um, ruined it. Yep. You I know. It. You jinxed it. Azalea will be on your lap in just a moment. I can hear her on the other side of the door. <laughs> Is she clawing? My dogs yeah. do that. They claw at the door. <laughs> Not to say your daughter's a dog. I'm just saying no. she wants to get oh. to you. Yeah. yeah. So um well i'm glad you're here um and and uh have you bought anything new or good in the last week or two alfie um let's see the last few weeks have been pretty good um found some good black series figures uh obi-wan dengar um who did manage to snag that uh vintage collection obi-wan and the retro mm -hmm. so i was happy about that our target is pretty stocked right now so it's hard not to stop there every day. Keep looking. That's awesome. You keep going, brother. You keep that target going while I'm saving back for my Italy trip. Um, and, and I'll live vicariously through you. One thing you and I will not be getting is the six-inch Black Series Captain Rex, as we all know. Um, yeah, that one hurts. That It hurts a little bit. It hurts a mm -hmm. little bit. So, um, But, you know, with, with sorrow, we can have joy as well. We can sit and laugh about it, I guess. Um, going on to Mr. Brent Dykeman. Brent, how are you and how is your, uh, how's your Legion love going right now? Uh, Legion is getting there. Uh, I mean, I haven't been able to play because of, uh, just different issues. So I haven't had a lot of time, uh, but the games that I play, I enjoy. Um, 
there was a, I will give a shout out to the Garrison Talks, which is an offshoot since I'm part of the uh, Rule of the Galaxy podcast. Um, so the Garrison Talks is a podcast that can be found on Spotify. And I want to say that maybe Podbean, I don't know, but they're trying to get, we're trying to expand into other ones that are kind of free to launch out. So it is a group of guys in our local area, um, our local play group um, that are just talking about Legion specifically. Uh, the big thing was Gen Con. Uh, Gen Con, for those that don't know, is a big board game convention. Um, we're talking Dungeons and Dragons have booths. We're talking Games Workshop, which has a bunch of different games, Lord of the Rings, Warhammers. Uh, there's, I can name a few other games, but if you're into the tabletop gaming, that's the place to go. And there was a Legion tournament, and one of the guys in our local play group placed second in that tournament. Um, so he, uh, out of maybe 60 players, and it was a pretty national, uh, national draw type tournament too. So um, he's pretty stoked because he earned a chance to play in the Worlds. Um, so that's coming up in uh, maybe in March up nice. in Chicago at Adepticon. Nice, but anyway, nice. so that's Legion. That's the that's where it's at. So if you guys like you heard our Legion podcast um, and you want to check it out, which is really cool because somebody interacted with us on Twitter and uh, took a picture. They went to a local game store and took a picture of the, all the Legion figures. Um, so shout out to the listener up there. I believe he's in the Pacific Northwest. Forgive me that your name is eluding me at the moment. But yeah, if uh, if you ever come to the Indiana, I'd love to play a game. There you go. There you go. Well, I tell you what, we've, we've got some guests here this evening. We, again, we were lucky enough to meet these gentlemen at the ICCC in Nashville. And I've, I've been listening to their show, the Hyperspace Heroes podcast. And I can tell you, you know, I kind of dig the, the, the nice, relaxing music in the background, the chill atmosphere. It makes me want to go have a glass of wine, you know, and, and just nibble on some snacks at the table. But uh, the Hyperspace Heroes podcast is with us. I'm going to start with the brown leader aaron aaron how are you good good thank you um yeah uh we're doing good and uh, we appreciate the invitation onto the show and as you said we met at triple c and and brent i want to mention i've got a buddy that runs a gaming tabletop gaming company uh called fight in the box okay and uh, i know uh the the guy that runs it is named seppi and if if you've ever met him, you'll know him and you'll remember him. He's quite the character, but uh, they, uh, they don't do anything quite like Legion. They've actually, they've been creating their own games and they've got mm -hmm. quite the, quite a small inventory, but it's kind of a little wacky out there stuff, but uh, as long as you, and they go to Adept, Adepticon too, I think. So I uh, okay. just wanted to give them a little plug, but yeah, if, uh, called fight in the box, we're all high school buddies. You got it. Is that Seppi for Giuseppe or is nope, it just? Nope. Nope. Just Seppi. Uh, Seppi <laughs> Yoon is actually his name. Okay. And, um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I wanted to give them a, a quick plug. There's nothing wrong with that. Plug away at anything you guys want to here tonight. Uh, real quick, I will have to ask you, I, I, I probably missed this in one of the shows. How did you get the title Brown Leader? <laughs> um, so it was kind of by default. Uh, I was the one that kind of hatched the idea for the podcast. Uh, okay. All three of us work at the same place. And uh, we work in different departments, but we do work together, but uh, oftentimes our bosses frown a little bit too often if we're huddled in the corner too much talking Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So uh, I hatched the podcast as an idea for uh, an excuse to go down into our, as we call it, our wives' basements um, once a week 
and uh, get a chance to talk Star Wars and just kind of nerd out with it. And we were coming up. So we, originally we were called the Alderaan A-Holes and uh, our, our theme, our kind of our niche was uh, we're kind of the, the lost squadron from uh, Alderaan, uh, which obviously no longer exists. And we're just kind of roaming the galaxy, going from nightclub to nightclub, watch or uh, talking Star Wars. Okay. That's, that's kind of the motif. And, and we came up with call signs for the guys. And uh, originally I was going to call myself the Senate because I'm just a little bit of a uh, I kind of, I'm the organizer, but I'm also a little <laughs> twisted and I, I hide it really well, but the guys just started calling me Brown leader uh, in the episodes and it just kind of stuck. Okay. All right. So I wanted, well, Eric is Brown four. I know we got Scruffy. Scruffy, do you have a, is it Brown two? Brown two. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, you know, we're going to go in numerical order because it's easier for me to go that way. I have hey. a childlike mind. So order is good. Hey. Same uh, here. Same here. So, so, so John, uh by scruffy or brown to welcome to the show how you doing hey good 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 thanks for having us thanks for having us ma'am no worries. greatly appreciate it good yeah. to be here um, so, can I say something real quick yeah brown leader mentioned that they're in their wife's basement but yes. scruffy doesn't look like he's in his wife's basement because if you're watching on YouTube, that man has a ginormous collection behind him, and my wife would not allow that if it was considered to be her basement. So, uh, it is. I am in the basement. Yes, um, the basement was supposed to be. You know, the, the the man cave was in the basement, and while my wife is not a huge Star Wars fan, she is very supportive of the hobby. Um, she, a lot of the stuff you see behind me is mostly her telling me you've got you well you got to get it you can you know you got to buy that <laughs> okay i'll buy nice. it <laughs> thanks okay absolutely absolutely no it is a nice looking collection that's awesome thank you and, thank you and and you know our winner tonight the the one who showed up first who is most prompt and and i hear he's the most prompt all the time is uh is eric <laughs> brown four yeah. yeah there's a reason i'm brown four because i'm always last <laughs> so <laughs> You know, the yes, fact that I, yeah, the fact that I landed first tonight was pretty amazing. So, and and Eric, so Droid Bait is a nickname. Where does that come from? Uh, apparently, I'm the worst pilot in the squadron, so you know I get to take point. <laughs> so okay, I like it. I like it. So um, thank you guys for being here. And again, we were just. We were just having some fun. We we just figured we'd talk for a little bit, get get to know each other a little bit better because we, you know we while we were all there at ICCC, um, man, there was a lot going on. We were going in all different directions. Um, so where where are you guys based out of? Where where is home for Hyperspace Heroes podcast? A little place in northern Michigan called Trevor City. Okay, I know where that is. Good, oh, good. awesome! Yeah. And now have we? You've probably been introduced to Adam Bray, right? You've talked to Adam Bray. Have you have you interacted with Adam? He's up in northern Michigan. Right. We have not talked to him yet. I did send him a message about a couple, about a week and a half ago just to see if he wanted to come on the show. I haven't heard back yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, we have uh, we have reached out to him. I follow him on Twitter. I have interacted a couple times. I'll, I'll I'll shoot him a message and just say, hey, these guys are good guys. Go go be on their show because he's been a regular on our show. And he's, he's a really good guy. And we, we were trying to figure out a way to get him to the ICCC with us. It just didn't work out timing-wise and everything like that with him. So, um, you know, I, I sent you guys some quick messages 
just saying, hey, you know, what, what are some things you like about Star Wars? What are some things you, you don't like or the things that, you know, make it a hair on the back of your neck, you know, go up. <laughs> um, and and you, you loaded me up with all kinds of things. I mean, I saw things random from, uh, you know, just behind the scenes stuff, Kaz uh, on Resistance to Star Trek TV shows to the holiday special. One thing that I did see <laughs> that's not Star Wars, though, you guess all mentioned that you really like Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely love it. it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Have you, and, and uh, let's see here real quick. I'm sorry. Um, Aaron, you mentioned that you like, like Star Wars behind the scenes stuff. Um, I think it was on the Vice uh, Icons on Earth. Have you guys watched those documentaries yet? Mm -mm. No. I, no. I've actually, I've been watching the Star Wars one here. I yeah. taped them all the other day and I've been watching them. So, so we, I was watching that and you were talking, you know, you mentioned behind the scenes stuff. One of the things I saw in there was that Industrial Light and Magic was doing work basically. And the gentleman from Industrial Light and Magic was doing work for Glenn Larson, uh, mm -hmm. who did the Battlestar Galactica show. And they had side-by-side -side episodes of Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica, same exact shot, same exact everything. It just blew me away. And, you know, as a kid, when I couldn't have Star Wars, I wanted to watch that because it was the closest thing I had to it, right? But it was on mm -hmm. TV. And I think it, I was drawn in because now looking at that, the, the, the poetry, the symbolism, the, the duplication was just huge. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Eric, you, you mentioned you watched it. Uh, I, would, I would recommend that one. I'm, I just finished up with that one. I'm getting ready to start the, the Light and Magic one. Have any of you watched the Light and Magic on Disney Plus yet? Yes. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm two. I'm two episodes into it. It's really yep. awesome. Okay. Brent, yeah, have, you, have you watched either of those? Yeah. So I've seen. Uh, I'm not a huge Battlestar Galactica because I wasn't alive at that time um, when it was out. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make you guys feel old. That's all. I'm, I'm not a young pup here. Like I'm not. I'm not a Nick Shesky or a, <laughs> like. But uh, uh, no, I was never really into. There was a. There was one that I can't remember. I think it was called V. They did a re-release of it, but there was uh, there was like mm -hmm. a that was one that got me as far as like uh, sci-fi things other than Star Wars. Obviously, I'm a next generation. I saw some Star Trek stuff. I'm a next generation guy, but yeah, the Industrial Light and Magic was a fantastic six-part series. Um, I, some of that stuff I'd seen before, but maybe not in that way. Um, I've seen the stuff about like the one that really always gets me is when they start doing the Abyss. Um, and they show how they were basically the, the leaders in that computer graphics. Mm -hmm. And then the other one that also just boggles my mind is that George Lucas had the foresight to create Pixar as a property to sell. He was never, he never wanted to keep that, but he knew that like, this is where we're going. Mm -hmm. I need to do something and I can sell it off. And it became what it has become, which is now, I mean, it got bought back up by Disney, but still at the same time, Pixar is fantastic and all those movies, but all of that came from playing around with ILM. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look, I, I think I agree with you, Aaron, on the behind the scenes stuff. And I, we've talked about this on a previous show, the behind the scenes stuff, I think is one of the things that attracts me so much to Star Wars is we've got the books, we've got the movies, we've got the toys, We've got all these different things going on, you know, video games, so on and so forth. But to be able to really dig into the, the meat of 
how it was created, mm-hmm. what it took, all the risks you had to take. Um, you know, I, I said it, gosh, just a few episodes ago because we were talking about this was George Lucas really, I mean, for, for we all have faults, but for all George's faults, to think of all the challenges he had in front of him, you know, in today's society, to look and say, all these people are telling me no, it's never going to happen, and yet you see all those things he did, and then it still came through. It just it just blew me away, and it made me. It kind of got me reinvigorated to think, what's what do I want to do? What's the next thing I want to do? Because if we can see all these things that should never have happened happen, and he goes and makes four billion dollars off Disney, there's something out there for each of us that we can do. Well, ahead, he, was wanting, he was wanting to make the volume in '92. Or something like that like he wanted to make the volume and the technology and the volume because he saw that it could get there before it was even there and before they even had the computer graphics like the dude was like way ahead of his time when it comes to special effects right he may not be able to write the best screenplays and i think we can understand that but the dude is a visionary when it comes to and just changing the way that movies are made um from just his just his mind like this is where it's gonna go and i gotta start pushing people to get there and it's like just do it just come up with it like figure it out and pushing people to be that creative to figure it out yeah joe i think when you get into light and magic you're really gonna enjoy that you know you're talking about dykstra who kind of got left behind by ilm and and Mm -hmm. after uh episode four you know a lot of the people that the the founders of ILM went on to do pro, uh, other projects because they needed to you know they needed to feed their families and, and yeah. Lucas was cool with it while he was writing the script for Empire and uh, yeah you know the innovation of technology all started with the Dykstra Flex you know and the the motion uh, control camera I mean if they had not done that you know I mean you and they do a really good comparison between uh 2001 kubrick's 2001 which came out in 68 i think and you know it was a beautiful film the cinematography is just absolutely fantastic but when it comes to the space flight everything is just slow and you know until i saw that in light and magic i i kind of knew it but i didn't know it in a way you know and when they pointed that out it was kind of like oh yeah and you know lucas really wanted to break the mold um you know so they had to invent the technology to make the vision of what he wanted and they you know and it led to everything the abyss it led to the terminator movies it led to you know jurassic park Park, you know jar jar led to avatar um you know i mean it's just yeah it's and when you're the first you're gonna have some things that maybe don't land so well but you have somebody has to be the first and he was definitely the guy to get things going um he even went to where, where was it, uh, DB, U- University of Utah, where he went to get the, the uh, kind of the first, programmers. yeah, oh, the, first, yeah. the first programmers, right, to actually get going on computer graphics uh, before Empire was even done? Well, wow. what, one of the guys is, <laughs> he wasn't the programmer, his brother was the one that wrote Adobe Photoshop, but he basically, <laughs> like, they, like, they created Adobe Photoshop. <laughs> Yeah, that was John Knoll. Right, right. He created, like, it was like, he he saw what his brother was doing and he just kind of kept nudging him and like, you can write this, but like, so it was kind of his idea to, to like plan it in his brother's mind. 
but they've they they're the ones that created photoshop and now that like can you imagine like photoshop is now a verb mm-hmm. yeah right it's not like it's so common that oh i just got you i'm gonna photoshop that i can photoshop that yep and now we can do it on our phones right mm-hmm. go ahead alfie yeah i think that was one of the more interesting parts of the series to me was we're always going to be enamored you know and amazed by the behind the scenes of star wars making it but the little stories of hey we were working on this and we created digital editing equipment and we were working on this and we created digital audio equipment and we made this camera and we made this lens and we made, you know, the, the servers for episode one and the Photoshop, you know, the Pixar machine, all these little things that became really big things that were just kind of side projects for ILM. And it started with what, like 12, 15 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then grew to like thousands in an industrial park. Yeah. Hence industrial light magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so guys, give me a little background on hyperspace heroes. I, I know you you worked together, you wanted to go, you wanted to go have this Star Wars talk where your bosses were not giving you the evil eye, the stink eye. How long have you been going and and how many episodes in are you? And just give us a little rundown of what you do there at Hyperspace Heroes. Uh, so we started a little over a year ago. I think we dropped our first episode in early June of 2021. And we did uh, 25 episodes under the original name, uh, episode Alderaan 25. A-holes, right? Yep. Uh, and uh, episode 25 was our first venture into ho- host, uh, having guests. Uh, we hadn't had guests up to that point. We were still kind of getting our, you know, finding our mojo, so to speak, you know, finding our groove, how we wanted to be. And uh, plus, I've been teaching myself the technology with the help of, of uh, my son and uh, his best friend who have been running their own podcast for a few years. So, you know, old man learning new tricks, it takes a little while. And yeah. so around Christmas, uh, we, we did episode 25, then we took a break uh, for the holidays and kind of uh, revamped uh, one of my other son's uh, former high school uh, mates. Uh, she had gone to graphic art school. So we had, we hired her to start doing a logo. We, you know, figured we'd start taking it up a step um started coming up with a new name she was the one that actually pointed out that alderaan is trademarked so we may kind of want to move away from that and we were like oh, all right i yeah i don't have enough money to go up against lucasfilm lawyers so uh yeah i think we'll do something and um then we rebranded under hyperspace heroes and under that one we just recorded episode oh, what was it we just have recorded episode 19 on tuesday so okay. uh overall uh, what would that be? Um, I know World Farm, yeah, World Farm Boy always tracks it by total count <laughs> and uh, for us, but uh, yeah, so 44 uh, total episodes so far. So a couple of different things. One, 100% understand, and I don't think, look, what we're doing here is not rocket science, right? We're, we're talking, we're, we're recording, and we're, we're posting these, um, but, you know, I've talked to uh, the you know Duchess Jessica you know talking to you here on this I <laughs> I feel like you know a lot of people just think okay you just record and you press play and then boom you, you ship it out and everything's good I I, I crack up when people are like you got to take what you got to edit this you've got to do that you got to put music you got to there's a lot that goes into it and and I never really thought about that and you're exactly right between my son and my younger brother 
all this is is coming together and, and Brent and Alfie will be the first ones to tell you um, we were 25, 30 episodes in before internet worked well, speakers worked right. Um, that, those you know. those were amazing episodes. I, if yeah. you went back and listened to them, they were atrocious. Yeah, we were a train wreck. I mean, honestly, we were a train wreck, but we were having fun. And again, Brent always says it, it's an escape from reality. It's escape mm-hmm. from your day-to-day stuff. And we, you know, we don't all work together, so we don't have the same boss looking at us. But you know, um, we, we just said, let's keep having fun with this. And, and you're right, it does take some time with, with a podcast. You, you have to find that niche. You have to find listeners. And, and so I'm glad you guys are doing that. Uh, but I also, you know, you gave a shout out, and I'll, I'll follow it up. Rural Farm Boy. I mean, if there's a person out there who just pumps up people on their podcast, that guy right there, he's he's great. He gives everybody shout outs. He he retweets everything. Honestly, you know, we record a show once a week. I I don't know how he listens to all the shows he listens to on, on a he, weekly basis. So he listens to like a hundred shows. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least that's what it sounds like. He's, he he listens to like four a day. And, and you know he listens because he'll he'll often throw in a little bit of tidbit, you know, something about the episode. And it's you know he says he he'll usually start to tweet when he's about uh, twenty minutes out from the end of the episode or something. I think he once oh. wrote or something. But yeah, that's why we wanted to have him as our first uh, guest. You know, of all of you know of having any guests, we figured why not. Um, and and we I try to do the same thing. I run our social, and I try to do the same thing. And I just it's all about spreading the love. You know, there's it's a, it's a big enough space. We're not in competition with anybody. We're just doing this like you guys are for fun. Yep. Uh, uh, that's what it comes down to is we're just having fun. If we have listeners, great. If we don't, we're having fun, just talking, uh, and, and networking, getting to meet guys like you, um, yep. getting to meet uh, different guests. Uh, we just, uh, our, our episode that I'll have, I'll be dropping next week, uh, was with uh, somebody you just recently interviewed, which was Chris Kempshell. Oh, and, you know, and it was all because you guys had posted who was upcoming. He gave us a follow. I reached out to him and, you know, and we, we started there and just that networking and and that I triple C meeting everybody we met there, you know, and, and it's uh, yeah, it's really just been for the fun of it. And uh, agreed. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to just, bounce some topics out there i'm going to throw some things out there we'll do around the horn and let you guys just kind of with us having you know six people in here uh we to give everybody a chance to breathe a little bit because if not i'll suck up all the oxygen um so <laughs> brent knows that um so let, let's go around um hey i just saw that you and mcgregor uh did an interview and you know he gave his love to liam said you know he looks up to liam neeson all that but he did come out and say that originally Obi-Wan was not going to be about him and Leia. It was going to be a story of him and Luke on Tatooine, kind of grinding through all that and preparing you for episode four. I'll just start around the horn. Eric, what are your thoughts on that, that they can make that kind of a change to it? You know, are you wanting that if they do a Obi-Wan Kenobi part two? Oh, I, I have mixed feelings because I, I absolutely loved Obi-Wan um, and they did throw the red herring at us you know with teasing us with luke in the trailer and everything and um i thought it was a fantastic series i thought it uh, it told a story i don't think it interfered with what we already had in place um 
And while I would love to see more Obi-Wan, I mean, Ewan McGregor's fantastic. It's his role. Um, I, you know, sometimes you, you don't need to milk that. I, I think, I think they could push it too far if they go, go with another season. Okay. Uh, Scruffy, how about you? I was really glad to hear it was not about Luke. Um, he's a, he's a moisture farmer. How, what more could you possibly tell, man? <laughs> he goes outside, looks around, sand, <laughs> need more moisture. You know? Breaks, breaks the parts on the speeder. It breaks gets part, everywhere. Breaks parts on the speeder. <laughs> yeah, so I was really glad to see it was something, something different, something that I didn't expect. Okay. I, Personally, would love to see another another season. I absolutely loved Obi Wan. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, because it wasn't focused on Luke. Okay, it gave us a, a different story, a different background, a different um, something we hadn't seen or heard before. And so I really appreciated it. Gotcha. Uh, um, how about you, Aaron? Um, yeah, I'm. I mean. I'm glad they they went with the Leia storyline instead, as as repetitive as it was um you know capture rescue capture rescue finale um you know as as we we talked about it on a recent episode where we kind of ranked our of all the three the three live action streaming shows uh how would we rank them and for me obi-wan came in third um not because it's bad i mean it's good it's fun i enjoyed it um but honestly you know it wasn't really breaking any new molds as as mando did um, and even Book of Boba somewhat because it's all new stories in a different timeline. And I'm, I'm a big uh, proponent of ambiguity in storytelling. I, I, I don't mind having blank spots uh, where you kind of just sit and wonder. We're all old enough to remember pre, uh, before the prequels, we didn't have anything other than the films and the expanded universe. Mm-hmm. So what did we have? We had our imagination. We had, you know, the, the fandom. It was all about what we'd like to see, you know, and, and we just kind of, that's where a lot of the enthusiasm was, the energy uh, in the fandom at the time. And I think if you answer too many questions, it kind of gets well, I, boring. I, I don't, I can't remember who it said, whether it was Alfie or, or Brent, or maybe somebody else on our show. Sometimes the story doesn't need to be told, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes it's good to just let things go. Okay. That was a story. And we can fill in, like you said, in the imagination of stuff. Alfie, your thoughts on on the not going the Luke direction, but going the Leia direction with Obi Wan. Okay, let me just start off by saying I did enjoy the Obi Wan series. Okay, <laughs> but um, I think I think <laughs> any reliance on Luke in as a focus in the series, and probably why they didn't do it and went with the Leia route, is that. I would imagine so much of the plot was borrowed from comic books in the EU, previous stories of Obi-Wan and Luke, and would be way too obvious that, hey, we're just ripping, you know, we don't really have any ideas. We just went with something that had already been done. And, you know, for the most part, a lot of Kenobi was that way, even with the Leia story. You know, the the Tatooine episodes were straight from the Kenobi book. Uh, the interactions between Owen and Obi-Wan were straight from the comic books. Uh, most of the Inquisitor stuff was pretty similar to the Fallen Order game, which I thought was really odd because that game isn't that old. And it's, I mean, it's basically the level of the game. 
you swim into the castle and you rescue somebody. And then it ends with, you know, fighting Vader, but instead you fight an Inquisitor. So, you know, I, I really feel like, and I talked to the episode with Duchess, we talked about this. This season, if you wanted to do a second season of Obi-Wan, it should have been this, this should have been the second season. The first season should have been more of a, the reclusive Obi-Wan reflecting on you know the ptsd of the clone wars trying to find his way in a smaller like tatooine story but now that he's gone off planet you can't really go back to a story like that you're gonna have to you know what where are you gonna go you can't leave tatooine again so are you gonna rip off like the jawa tuscan raider war you know or something like that i i don't know okay right i am so glad that they got off of tatooine uh, we had four episodes well no four four because two of them were mando and they were off of tatooine but you had four episodes of boba fett on tatooine you had i was fearing that you would have six episodes on tatooine and we have nothing but desert planets it feels like in the star wars universe they keep going back to the desert planets there's more biomes there's nine biomes in the world my biology teacher's coming out in me there's nine biomes in the world but yet the bulk of star wars takes place in a desert biome the cheapest background all the major characters come from the desert planet <laughs> i mean you don't have to really do anything with your scenery i mean you just shoot i mean the mm -hmm. sand gets everywhere but other than that i hate <laughs> sand it gets everywhere <laughs> No, I, will... like, so I loved like the biggest bright spot I was just talking to one of my coworkers who started listening to the podcast and was thought we were kind of talking um the biggest bright spot from that show I think was Leia she was awesome um I think she was awesome partially because she was unexpected but she was also good in that role um and I most everybody that I talked to agrees with that and then I guess the other condemnation that I've heard kind of comes with uh what Brown Leader was saying which is um I didn't need Obi that conversation to happen between Obi-Wan and uh, Vader Anakin at the very end of it, because I was okay with there being metaphorical and be it's okay to leave things as a metaphor. That's the way it was for so many years in my life. You didn't have to like, I didn't need it to be spelled out for me that this is why, like, you didn't kill me. Um, it's not your fault. He didn't need to right. say that. Like the, the, the condemnation was you didn't need to say that. I was, I believe that anyway, right? Like that was where I went. I was cool with the metaphor of all of that before he had to say it. So why do we have to have everything so spelled out and in the dialogue? So I, and I can, I can see where they're coming from on that. So I wanted to give that some airtime as well. Cause there's no original ideas anymore. But you could left like, again, you don't have to tell every story. You could have left Ping that metaphor. But I'm just saying you worked on this series for eight years and the best you could come up with was, I don't know, maybe he fights Vader again. How do we make it work? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've got, they brought Hayden back. Ooh, I, that's going to get people to watch. We bring Hayden back. It got people to watch. I like it. It was a smart he move. Was it for, he was in it for what? Five minutes? Max? You're go you're going down rabbit holes. But it was a good five minutes. All right. I mean, I the, their little battle and that's that episode with the battle and then the battle of them taking place was a very well put together episode. 
I enjoyed that with them and the training, the flashback scene. Fantastic. But that was the bulk of Hayden. And then you saw him for about 30 seconds when the mask got cracked. Okay, to hop off of this, because we're going to burn Obi-Wan up to death. <laughs> next, <laughs> next, we're going right into Star Wars Resistance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I like Resistance. Out. All right, this is Brown. Oh, what? what, 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 what? <laughs> somebody, I, I heard somebody say they like right. Resistance. This one right here. I'm a weird dude, okay? Oh, I'm going to say that. I liked Resistance, but I felt like... <laughs> okay. They were doing well. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And then it's like, okay, the last Jedi came out, so we got to end it. And they just jumped ahead and they just went way too fast because I saw this as a vehicle to build into um, some of the storylines and do some of the in-between stuff that you have. But at the end of the first season is when the um, circular base is blown up. But I feel like that should have been at like the end of season two or three. You could have done a lot more to build up to that to that reaction, and I enjoyed it. I'm sorry, but I did enjoy it. Well, uh, okay, it, you know, it it I I definitely agree with you there. You can see where where it's going along, and suddenly, like, oh, we got to play catch up here real quick so we can bring this thing to an end. Um, I'm sure you've heard. I it was <laughs> it was painful. It was just <laughs> painful to watch. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I still stand by my statement. I think Buggles was the most redeeming quality of that whole, the mm. whole TV show right there. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but you know, like I've always said, I, you know, just because I didn't like it doesn't mean somebody else can't enjoy it. Okay, it is what it is. So I jokingly was bringing that up just because of your recent episode, but <laughs> I will say now that the conversation has started, I would agree with you on that they pushed through it and didn't give it a chance to breathe. And I think the whole thing came down to, they had a plan based on what they thought the trilogy of movies was going to be. And when Ryan Johnson's movie was coming out, they looked and said, um, this might not match what is getting ready to come out here. So we need to just nip this in the bud and move on to something else. Um, I think if, if, the three movies would have been more or less disjointed. They could have said, okay, guys, build this for episode or for season two, build this for season three to where we get to the rise of Skywalker at the same time that the movies get to that. So that's what I would say. My, my two cents on it. And I'm, I, if anybody else wants to hop in, you're more than welcome to, I just don't want to make it to where we have a, a half an hour battle on resistance, <laughs> but um, well one of the things one of how i phrased it on our show was that it it was it was very much uh emblematic of the trill the sequel trilogy and the fact that it had a lot of potential and it just fell short mm. um and i think somebody said it didn't have a chance to breathe and i think that's a really good way of looking at it is you know look at clone wars you know clone wars the first couple seasons were you know they were trying to do a kid's show um, but then they allowed it to breathe. They allowed it to grow. And DB has said it on our show where, you know, we, it could have been a good vessel to fill in and give more backstory and depth to the sequel trilogy, just as Clone Wars established for the prequels. And it just, but yeah, I, I think you guys are right. They kind of saw which way the winds were blowing and they just kind of thought, well, we better nip it in the bud. It had a lot of potential. There were things about it we enjoyed. But just like the sequel trilogy movies, it just kind of, they, they didn't really use their tools very well. 
Well, it was, why, go ahead. The main reason why I like it is it comes back to the same thing that I have said hundreds of times on here. I want new. There was new mm-hmm. with a connection to you were going to say that. Go ahead. What's that? I said I could have bet money you were going to say that. <laughs> I mean, it was there were new characters, there were new stories, there was a new storyline, and then there was the connection back to certain other things that were going on. Like you had BB-8, right? I I think he BB-8 was probably one of the most likable characters from the sequel tr- trilogy, right? So you bring BB-8 in to try to bring that connection piece back. That but you had completely new people. I'm just so I know the fan base wants the legacy and they want more stories with the legacy i want more stories i want new give me new and resistance was new and it just i feel like it like you said potential i thought okay great like if we were getting close to the end i was like what they blow up star killer at the end of season one what that's why this thing's bad you could have you could have drawn that out and you could have anyways sorry and that's how we are I agree. Yeah. I think we all wanted new. Uh, you know, that's why one of the things I loved about Mandalorian so much. It was new. It was different. It was a backstory about characters I hadn't already seen or heard of before. I was a little bummed when I threw Boba Fett in, but they were able to work it in and not be. Yeah. Yeah, you know, shout back. You know, it was. You know, I, I agree. Uh, new is definitely what I wanted the most. Yeah, Resistance was a total missed opportunity for them to. Uh, connect the original trilogy with the sequel trilogy um, and they could have had a less irritating main character because the secondary characters actually had some really interesting stories that they were starting to explore Mm -hmm. so you know yeah it had potential but aren't all the main characters of star wars whiny and annoying and not to that extent I mean, you Luke, Luke, Luke was a Luke was a complete and utter whiner. Yes. And I'm gonna go to I'm trying to think of like uh, Phantom Menace and Baby Anakin, young Anakin, and Phantom Menace was nothing but a whiner. Um, I'm there's a, who's the other? He was whiner? eight years old. <laughs> but I'm just, who was in, there was another one that was in my head as I was talking about this. It's another main character that does nothing but whine. Um, and then you have you have Finn, who's a main character that all he does is yell Ray, Ray. <laughs> like so, I guess I guess like it's it's a oh, I was Ahsoka. Ahsoka was annoying. Oh, yes, yes, started, yes, right? she was. So that was the one yes. that just came to my mind. So there's a but there's it, a but part it's... of Star Wars history where you have whiners, and if you give them time, they turn into something that you like. But yeah, right. yeah you're right. They all had growth one way or another. Kaz yeah. went from A to to be and did not change. He was right. he was shaggy. He just was missing Scooby Doo. Wow, Ooh, that's a good. That's a great, <laughs> that is a great statement. I Help love. Yes. I, I think they were. I think they relied too much on uh, established characters too. You know, I think if maybe they had look at Mando. Mando did not have cameos in season one. Mando was you know its own thing and it established its own. You know, it was new. And that's what we agree. We want new. We, and, and Alfie said it earlier too. Star Wars is best when it's unexpected. And it just, you know, I think it was too much BB-8, too much Poe Dameron, too much, you know, if they could have established I'd these characters on their own, you know, in the first season and then start to sprinkle in some of the sequel trilogy characters, maybe that would have been better. Um, 
And I still don't understand how Kaz got to be an ace pilot in the Republic Navy and still can't hit anything with a blaster. I mean, he went two seasons and couldn't shoot a thing. Um, like he was a former stormtrooper or something. Must have been, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, 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 you know, I threw resistance out as a joke and, and we got 20 minutes on it. Um, so uh, Star Wars Visions. Star Wars Visions. Uh, I think, Aaron, you, you are, yeah, was it Aaron who brought up the, the uh, Ronin uh, Funko pop from there, right? Um, mm-hmm. What do you guys think? It looks uh, that's coming out spring of twenty twenty three. I I actually enjoyed Star Wars Visions. I think out of the eight or nine of them, there was one where I was like one or two where I was like, eh. But the others very enjoyable. I, I think this is good. I you know we all have our own head canon anyway. Um. So so what are you guys thinking about the Star Wars Visions season two? I guess. Uh, coming in spring of 2023 anything you're looking for or toward in that and let's go with uh db droid bait for this one you know i'm probably the worst person to start with because anime is not my thing that's that's my kids thing i've never gotten into it nor enjoyed it but i i did watch it and there were episodes i really enjoyed uh the ronin was one um, and I think it was the last episode. I can't remember with the title. Uh, Nine Jedi or something? Yeah, where the Jedi all came together, and it was kind of a new beginning. Um, I really enjoyed those, both stylistically and story. Uh, but then there's things like Astro Boy, and that's where I'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Alfie, how about you? Uh, Star Wars Visions, the second session. You know, um, Visions, much like a lot of the Disney plus outside of Mando I enjoyed, but to me, it just wasn't very memorable. Uh, I've tried watching it a few times. It was, it it was enjoyable the first time there wasn't a whole lot there to go back to other than like the Ronin. And I think the ninth Jedi episode, it's kind of take it or leave it for me. I'll always be excited for more star Wars. I, you know, new stories. I like kind of the legends aspect of it, but, We'll see what happens. Scruffy, how about you? Um, I'm with DB. Um, anime has never been my thing. Um, I think the only anime I ever enjoyed watching was uh, Battle of the Planets from 1978. Yeah. If anybody remembers that. <laughs> um, but beyond that, anime was never my thing. I did enjoy the Ronin. Um, I also enjoyed the Ninth Jedi. Uh, I can't remember. Was it called the Twins? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind that one. And... Uh, yeah, Astro Boy, that 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 did it. Okay. Oh, what was the? Uh, You're thinking of L- Lop and Ocho. Oh yes, another rabbit. <laughs> Star Wars did not have room for another rabbit. Come on, Jackson and, rocks. Oh, oh, the oh DB. <laughs> D, I don't know where DB went, but he would love to hear you say that right now. Yeah, uh, Jackson, I can uh, hear you. Oh, <laughs> oh, of course, he can hear that. Brent, how about you with with Vision Season 2? You're on mute. You're on mute. Sorry, I was trying to take care of my son for a few minutes. You Um, should. um, I'm different than most. Uh, My my favorite was actually the uh, rock concert, uh, Tatooine Rhapsody. Um, Yes. It was uh, was childish, and I enjoyed it, and it was fun. so I like that one. Some of the other ones, like I really wanted to like the one that was like the master and apprentice that went to fight the old Sith, but it oh, put yeah. me to sleep in 10 minutes. Um, 
so yeah, like there's a few of them that just like were like they they felt like they drove they like drowned on and they were only like ten to twelve minutes, but it felt like it took forever to get through them. Um, I'll watch them, but there's like there there's none that none that I'm like anticipating. So there, so I mean, so far going through the group, nobody's like going, "Hey, I I'm I rewatch Visions all the time." That's that's not the consensus right now. Uh, I'm I'm gonna guess. Um, Aaron, same with you, or are you? Um, a Vision I love I loved Visions. I mean, with the exception of of uh, the twins and uh, what was it to uh, to be a real boy episode to be yeah. uh, whatever his name <laughs> was the, the Astro Boy Pinocchio. Um, I I've I uh, grew up on anime, some anime. I've got uh, have appreciate it, um, and for me, a real a lot of it came from my enjoyment came from the fact that these are Japanese directors and being a behind the scenes guy and knowing that, you know, Lucas drew a lot of inspiration from Kurosawa and the, uh, his samurai films, Hidden Fortress, um, Seven Samurai, you know, stuff like that. Uh, that's really fueled a lot of excitement for me, just seeing new, uh, Japanese, um, perspective, on the Star Wars universe, since they were kind of the the original uh, inspiration for Lucas, that that gave me kind of a deeper level. Um, loved the Ronin, uh, that was my favorite. Uh, read the novel that came out after it, uh, which was a continuation of the story. It actually covers that whole episode and then moves forward from there. Um, gives a lot more depth to the character. Uh, very different style of storytelling too by that author but uh in, enjoyed it overall um i look forward to season two i'm excited uh i did i think i read somewhere too that they're gonna go beyond just japanese and uh anime as well and they're gonna uh, bring in some animation from other uh continents as well for season two. Oh, okay interesting mm -hmm. all right all right um we brent brent uh always has our favorite question that we ask everybody i think you guys know what's coming and I, I actually sent it to you, so I have your answers right here in front of me already. <laughs> but um, because of our newfound love for Count Dooku that we didn't really have two and a half years ago, um, we, you know, the joke was, who's going to buy Count Dooku's lightsaber hilt at Galaxy's Edge? Because it was me who said that because I was like, why would I want to do that? You know, nobody's buying that. Well, since then, we, we've all kind of found that there's a lot more depth to Count Dooku than what we thought two and a half years ago, especially with books and audiobooks and things like that with him roped into it. So it became the question that we ask everybody, what is your favorite Star Wars hilt? So not the lightsaber, not the color, but the hilt. And uh, DB, I'll go with you. Yours was Vader slash Anakin. What do you love about that, that, star, that hilt for that lightsaber? It's just a classic style. It's symmetrical. I, it, it was the first lightsaber you saw. So I think that's why it's, it's embedded in my head. Okay. That's, that's a good enough answer. Uh, Aaron, how about you? you? You gave me two answers, but I'll, mm -hmm. I'll let you go with both of them if you want. So, yeah. So <clears throat> I really uh, have fallen in love with uh, Ahsoka's new white uh, lightsaber hilts. Um, love the styling on them, the very subtle curve. Um, and again, kind of goes back to the Japanese styling 
Um, it almost looks like it could be a katana handle, honestly. Uh, it's just kind of missing the the suba, the little cross guard on there. And um, I just, they look elegant. They look, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just, they're pieces of, of art. Um, and then the other one is uh, Luke's from uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, you know, I was nine years old when Return of the Jedi came out. Perfect age. He has a new lightsaber. It's a different color than we'd seen before in green. And it just... You know, it's that it's that kid in me uh, that that just fell in love with it when I saw it on screen at, at nine years of age. Okay, good, good. Scruffy, how about you? You've got uh, you've got two. I'll let that slide as well. Hit me with your two. Um, well, Darth Vader, of course. Um, I was six when uh, Empire or Star Wars: A New Hope came out, and of course, same thing with DB. That was the first thing I saw the light, first lightsaber, and it was a very different weapon then you know you, you would see it just has a very nostalgic feel to me so of course that's always going to be my number one but the other one was mace windu it was just it was just a it was just an awesome looking lightsaber i i don't know what else to say about it other well i would call it what he would call it but probably got <laughs> probably got to censor, censor ourselves on the show we try mass isn't on the show very much anymore and he wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> um mass would have just dropped whatever you wanted to say about it alfie i forget what is your what is your which one is your favorite lightsaber hilt uh luke's from return of the jedi luke's from return of the jedi okay brent so Dooku's? i like the ones that match personalities and i think that that's why i like dooku's the best because it's got the curve it allows him to have that one fencing style that's kind of a regal so that's why i say that um, another one that I really like that I think matches the personality would be Ezra Bridger from the first episode when he made his first one, the or the first couple seasons with the gun that it turns into a lightsaber. So it's got the, uh, so the stun gun, whatever it's called, I can't think of the name of it. But so that one, I think just knowing him and watching him up to that point, that that hilt makes sense for him. Like that's that's who he was. Like, like that made sense. And then the other one that I would say that I feel like matches who the person is would be the ending lightsaber Ray has, the one that Alfie would like to have purchased to be able to purchase, but they don't release it. But That's why it, it's not on my list. I mean, right, but like, I think it, it, one, I'm intrigued because of the gold. Two, if you look at the hilt itself, it just has that scrapper vibe, which is what she started off being. There was, there's just something about that that just matches Ray, and I think it's perfect for her, and and the character that they created in those movies. So, those are the ones that I like. So anything that has, and then uh, I was talking to the Legion guys, and somebody brought up Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren, uh, his his with the sprayed out the cross guard and. So he's like, yeah, it's aggressive, but that's what he is. He's aggressive. Yes, it's like it's like an angry saber that's who he is like it matches the character of kylo ren so those like are that. the ones that i kind of hope people start talking about but not everybody brings those up and that's fine i mean a lot of people go to the classics um but like i think i like the ones that are like that match people's character personalities and character traits okay i i like that answer okay that's a, that's a great answer um i asked you guys about your favorite star wars characters again they can be from books they can be from movies from the animated series they can be from the new live action give me your top three 
Star Wars characters. We'll go back to DB. Give me your top three. Oh, I got to think of three. You what? You gave me. You gave me one, two, three. You gave me five. So oh, did I? Down to three. Yes. You may read through them. You gave me Luke, R two, Obi Wan Kenobi, Garza Whip, and <laughs> and uh, I don't know this one. I probably should know this one. Mer Mermaya, Mermaya, Mermaya. Where is that one from? How did I miss this one? Two words: Diane Carroll. <laughs> oh my gosh! From the holidays. <laughs> I I appreciate uh, uh, female beauty. That's okay. all I can say. Okay. All right. Uh, um, out of that list of five, give me your three. Uh, Luke, R two, and Obi Wan. Easy. I mean, I, I was seven years old when A New Hope came out, and and Luke was my hero. That was that was it, and. At that age, you know, I didn't understand the politics. I didn't understand what was going on. There were spaceships and robots. That's what made mm -hmm. me happy. And man, I was about the size of R2-D2, you know? So, and he just, he seemed like a little smart aleck. <laughs> so, um, our, and he was also the very first action figure I ever had and mm. still have with a very faded sticker, by the way. So, and you know, and I, I kind of, wrote off obi-wan originally because you know they killed him off whatever he's the old man uh but man did ewan mcgregor really take grasp of that character and, and flesh him out and then the clone wars just made him a legend so nope i like it that's a good three right yeah. there in my opinion uh aaron how about you i've got um, your list as well I know, I know, I know. And I'm trying to think three. I mean, that's just, you know, each era kind of has its own, uh, you know, feel and that to, to limit it to three, I'm going to, I'm going to discount the OT right now. I'm going to push that to the side because that's, you know, that's childhood love. That's, that's, you know, the original and those are the easy answers. Um, you're saying think, I'm easy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're joy bait. You're joy bait. Um, the, uh, uh, I think right now, I, I really, truly appreciate, um, I appreciate the OT characters because they were the foundation. They built everything. Uh, everything was formed upon that. And, but with modern, the modern era of storytelling, um, since just before the Disney purchase and since the Disney purchase, uh, I, I've really appreciate, I truly appreciate uh, Ahsoka and Rex um, because of how their story arcs you know, over those seven, uh, seven seasons. Um, and then Mando, just because again, it's new, it's different. Um, you know, it's fresh. It's not a rehash, you know, um, I was an old, like I said, OT fan loved Boba Fett because he was the man of mystery. Um, but yeah, for right now at this time in my life, I'm appreciating the the depth of storytelling that they have given those three characters with Maul being a, a runner up, you know, to those top three because of what they did with his arc in Rebels and Clone Wars. I got you. I got you. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the same age or similar age to all, all of you guys on here. And yeah, OT is very easy to go into. But honestly, if, if I if I decide to get um, another tattoo, um, my, my next tattoo will be Captain Rex, Captain Rex uh, logo from his helmet uh because i just think well heck it's yeah it's right there yeah, on my right shirt there. right there mm -hmm. um uh you know captain rex like you mentioned that that character 
uh, the growth from not really being a player in in Attack of the Clones or you know Revenge of the Sith to being that important after seven seasons of of the Clone Wars. That's you're right. It's it's hard to uh, bypass what they've done with a character like that. So um scruffy how about you give me three i matter of fact you well you gave me four so you should be able to knock that down to three pretty easy <laughs> easily easily um my first two answers are o- ot however that's not why i enjoy him uh r2d2 he's the bro you want in life man that he can keep a secret he knew everything <laughs> from the beginning to the end and he still kept the secret that's the bro you want in life uh obi-wan not one of my favorite characters from the original trilogy, but you know, like I said, um, you know, the Ewan McGregor and brought that character to life. The Clone Wars really showed us um, how awesome, how awesome he was. Uh, and Ahsoka, Ahsoka's my third choice. Um, you know, I didn't really care for Ahsoka at first, but I love the growth of that character, uh, the changes over the over time. And then uh, especially the character now that, you know, the former Jedi was still that resentment for the Jedi Order, a little bit, of, carrying a little bit of that resentment for the Jedi Order. Uh, you guys get some great lists. And then we got one more follow-up because yep. uh, Holiday Special was just all that. Uh, Acmina, the bartender. <laughs> we gotta, lo- gotta love the Acmina, the bartender, man. We, we rarely talk about the Holiday Special here. I mean, it just, you know... <laughs> It doesn't help our ratings. I mean, it just <laughs> no, doesn't. no, it does not. No, um, no, sir, it does not. So I'm, I've got a question here. Alfie and I went into a deep discussion. I, I had to call him. Usually we text, but the other day I had to call him because it was just on my mind. And I'm not going to go into the full discussion about it because I just don't have time for us to be doing all that. But I'll go into a partial part of this discussion and get your thoughts as we get close to the end here. I look at the sequel trilogy and I think to myself, where are the ships that made us love like we love the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy? Can you guys, I'm sure there's a great ship out there and I I know Kylo Ren had a cool ship and things like that, but can you guys help me? Was there a really cool ship in the sequel trilogy that you said, man, this ship, really you know you have the Naboo starfighter you have the Naboo cruiser you you know you have uh the the jedi, jedi starfighter jedi the arc starfighter. 170 you, you got all those in the prequels you've got the x-wing the y-wing the tie fighters all that kind of stuff in the original trilogy you know the the tie bombers you know tie interceptors all these cool things in those am i missing something did i miss it because i know leia her and her group showed up on Takadana in a toaster and the then, modified B-wing. <laughs> you know, and, and then you know, uh, I was watching the other day The Last Jedi and Finn and, and uh Rose flew off in some little box when they were going off to uh the Canto Bite. You know, was there was there a really cool ship that really said, okay, this is the sequel trilogy's really cool ship? Am I missing some? I'll go around the horn. Brent, can you think of one? The only one that I'm thinking of right now is the it has it comes from the, the opening of uh, the Last Jedi, and the, they're the newest ones, which would be the Dreadnought, which is basically a Super Star Destroyer or like half a Super Star Destroyer kind of a thing. Um, the Dreadnought ship, and then the other one was the uh, the bombers, but no one likes the bombers because they were like no. 
Lame. But those are the newest ones. Like if you ask what's a new ship, that was a reinvention and brought something new. I'm not saying that they're great, but uh, those are the two that come to my mind as far as ships. Aaron, how about you? Yeah, I'm uh, racking my brain. That's a really good point. Really good question. And I'm, you know, I think maybe those sand skiffs in uh, Rise of Skywalker were probably the most exciting thing, probably. Well, is that the one that what? shot the guy up when they fly now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was the, the tread machine. Uh, Snowmobile. Yeah. Snowmobile but, but, for sand. But yeah, all the vehicles were just uh, rehab. I mean, it was X-Wings and Y-Wings and I mean, just... Yeah, think of it this way. We, we're all around the same age here. Uh, think of all the ships we had when we were kids. Right. Three movies. What ships were available to buy? What ships were so great that they said, we have to make one of these mm-hmm. for kids to be able to buy? The and that was... Press. Well, yeah, but that wasn't in the... I know. Well, I guess... <laughs> I know, technically, but, but, but for but for the sequel films themselves, right? I, I, that, I was being facetious when I threw that out there, but at the same time, for the TV show, they created an iconic. Then they decided to destroy it, which I think. Was, <sighs> but yeah, but even oh, that oh, ship's oh. only been released in the vintage collection. It's two hundred fifty dollars. Right, mm-hmm. they had the the whatever Haslab. You had to be a, a backer of the Haslab to get it. So they mm-hmm. released the Falcon for the Force Awakens, and I think a First Order Tie Fighter. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. I have one. Yep. And Maybe an A wing. So the dog. Colors. So so the dog fighting tabletop game that I play, they have uh, uh, first order and they have resistance as um, factions that you can play with ships that they were released from. But essentially, those ships are Tie Fighters. Um, I they may have like the 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 reinvention of the Lambda class shuttle which is what Kylo, I think, was was flying, was that more or less a reinvention of the Lambda class. Um, and then the Resistance has, like, the X-Wings, um, and they have the bombers, and then they have, actually, the one that Kaz flies in Resistance. You can fly, uh, you can use Kaz as a pilot in the X-Wing game. Um, yeah, so they brought in the Resistance, and they brought in that show, and they brought in those pilots into that game. You can also have, like... Um, um what's his name from um uh, than kyrell you can also use than kyrell from lost uh, stars from lost stars as a as a pilot that has different skills and different abilities and uh sienna sierra ren or whatever her name is sienna ray there you go she you can use her as a pilot as far as upgrades and stuff like that and they both have different abilities but that they those games brought in a bunch of stuff, but so they have ships, but again, essentially the first order is just a reinvention of the empire. I mean, right. that's yeah. The, you, I don't, Alpha, you said that I don't know how many times, but. Well, their TIE fighters could shoot behind them. So it was totally new idea. Oh, there you go. Okay. You know, the, yeah, the sequel trilogy just um, gave us updated versions of the classic ships that, you know, it's a trope that we all instantly bought into but you know, if you go back to look at the prequels, it was radically different in episode one, and there was a progression, a logical evolution into what we knew. But we didn't see that going into the sequel, you know. So they gave us the same ships, you know, with some different colors and flashiness. But you're right in the sequels, there go back to the original trilogy. The Millennium Falcon is the character, 
Mm -hmm. you know, and and we didn't have that in the sequels other than the Millennium Falcon. So, okay, I hate to say it, but I think uh, I would have to say Resistance probably had the best uh, the best ships of that. uh, They they did time era. They Mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. And those were like NASCAR ships. Exactly. Yeah, Um, the racing those racing ships. Yep. Yep, that was probably the best of that era. I mean, they weren't in the films, but Fireball, you know, Fireball, and the, yeah. I'm uh, I, I'm not trying to cut us short, guys. I just, you know, I've, I've got to keep it on a little bit of a time limit here. So I appreciate you guys coming. I want to bounce around, and, and you know what? I'm glad I asked that question because I don't feel as stupid because I I really asked Alfie, and I was like, I don't know any ships that stand out yeah. to me, and I thought you yeah. three guys who were pretty much the smartest guys i listen to on podcasts <laughs> but oh, boy. You, don't listen, point, <laughs> you don't listen to very much yeah. do you? <laughs> what what stood out the most in the sequels as far as ship goes is the graveyard on jakku mm-hmm. yes. yes definitely I mean, you know and I, I always say you know it, it's like the the hangover movie you know, when they get to the end of the movie and they find the camera <laughs> and you're like oh that's the movie i want to see <laughs> <laughs> when she goes past all of the destroyed ships you're like oh well, wait a minute go back go back go back something mm-hmm. really really cool happened there could we i love it please have a story about that i love it that's a good one yes. i like that mm-hmm. um well I, here i'm going to go around the horn get some closing thoughts uh brent i'm gonna start with you any closing thoughts on our show here having our guests the hyperspace heroes podcast no it's always good meeting uh fellow star wars fans um, I was going to see if we talk ICC con because they've dropped it. I was going to try and plug it um, for our boy, Michael Havens. They they're, they're already doing sales on tickets. Yep, yep. They already upgraded too. Yeah, I was gonna, that's what I was going to say after mm-hmm. that is the sales of the tickets have gone so well that he decided to rent out even more acreage. Oh, um, yep. The picture that he put out was like, this It's almost, it's a city inside of itself is what he's rented out for it. <laughs> um so yeah it's just i see like maybe we run into you guys again next year at uh, icc con but i wanted to make sure we put that plug in because i know and i found out that the people found out about it from listening to podcasts mm-hmm. so uh may 26 to 28 2023 yep. 28. all right that's that's all i got for you you got it uh db droid bait round four hit me with some closing thought here Oh, you've drained my thoughts. No, I, I, <laughs> you know, we, we do a podcast on a weekly basis. We don't, we don't do video at this point, um, which hopefully we haven't scared off any of our or your viewers at this point. Um, but this isn't nearly as intimidating as, as being on that podcast stage uh, at, at ICCC. What an incredible setup that was. And I'm so looking forward to going back and just watching other podcasts do their thing. I mean, this is great being on your show. Um, it's just, it's a whole new world. It's a great community. And I'm so glad you asked us to come join you and actually listen to the ramblings of this old man. So. <laughs> well, you, you've been great. You've been great. Scruffy, how about you? Hey, I just want to say thanks for having us on. Man. Um, yeah, the whole live thing, not as, not, as, uh, not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, I was able to at least get this cleaned up behind me a little bit. So it looked a little more presentable today. <laughs> That's a great background. I love it. I think uh, I think all of us are jealous of it right there. So, but yeah, well, thank you. This oh, is uh, this is just uh, probably less than ten percent of the collection. Uh, I, mm-hmm. If I had a zoom camera, I could go around the rest of the room 
And if I had a portable camera, I could take you to the back corner where uh, the rest of the collection sits in bins um, waiting to be put out. You sound like Alfie right there. Alfie, I'll, I'll go to you next. Closing thoughts. Uh, it was great talking to you guys. Uh, hopefully we meet again at ICC. Um, and Joe, I'll just say it now. We go again. That Captain Rex helmet will be my next tattoo. See? Oh, that's right. They have the tattoo room. Yeah. yeah. You'll go it. right above Boba Fett. Okay. I like it. Maybe we'll get matching ones. BFF. Your wife, would kill you. your wife would kill you. Oh, Brent, <laughs> bite your tongue. Aaron, how about you? Closing uh, yeah, so thanks for having us on. Uh, we really appreciate joining you guys. Like I said, we love talking to other podcasters, other Star Wars fans. Um, yeah, we have secured our passes. I even got confirmed for my press pass already. So I uh, was excited for that, uh, that email to come in. Uh, so we will definitely be down there for sure. Um, yeah, ICCC is a great event for sure, without a doubt. And uh, we've appreciated talking to you guys. You know, let's do this again. We'll we'll have you uh, let's have you guys on our show. We'll, we'll do yeah. another. You know, we'll do some more crossovers. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's get together and, and talk Andor sometimes during sometime during the series. Let's do that. I think that's one we're all looking forward to. Yeah, I. Uh... You know what? All the different things I was bringing up and looking at here, we didn't even hop into it. Good point. Let's do that. Invite us over. We'll bring some of our guys. We'll come talk Andor with you for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Thanks, you guys. For, for everybody who's listening, again, remember, go check out the Hyperspace Heroes podcast. They have a lot of fun. Uh, and again, you're going to want to sit there and have a martini and a cigar and, and some <laughs> hors d'oeuvres when you're listening to their show. You, you feel like you're just sitting there relaxing got the good background music maybe garza flip might even be there i don't even know <laughs> giving out that feel and that vibe but uh for for us at rule the galaxy for our friends at hyperspace heroes thank you so much for giving us a listen uh you know what it's always great to talk star wars and make new friends in the community and i think you know r2 podcasts we, we look forward to it. like we said we're already planning next may in uh nashville tennessee so uh, again, to everybody, thanks again. And until next time, may the force be with you. 